listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we're dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you're listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. Things uh, the last couple days that have been stirring me, like I haven't been stirred in at least probably six months, and just some very uh, amazing uh, amazing things are happening and I have been a proponent of revival and awakening and when I talk about revival I'm really talking about what God does inside the hearts of people and it could be in a church in a region and when I'm talking about awakening I'm talking about entire regions and really the entire nation and the entire world being awakened to the reality of the gospel. Now, people have a choice whether they will receive or not. That's always an individual choice. But there is a move of God happening in the earth that is it's continuing, continuing to culminate, and we're going to see more and, and greater and more awesome things. And there are many reasons why I say that, but the, the single biggest reason is what God did in my heart personally when I was 18 years old and got filled with the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden I had an intuitive knowledge that I was going to be part of revival. And that has never left me. It's only increased for 21 years now. And doing the math, I'll be 39 next month, so almost 21 years. It's only increased. And God is... (laughs) He, he woke me up yesterday, and there was such a stirring in me. Like, I, I just, I don't know how to explain it. I just had had a stirring like this in a long time. It's not that I don't love God or not that I don't seek God, but my heart was just really being stirred in, in a particular way. And I, and I told Liz, I, I semi-woke her up. I don't know where she went to, but I went in, and I said, we have to get on, do a live on Facebook today, and we got to talk to people about revival and about awakening and continue to encourage their hearts to contend for it. And I've had, it's interesting, I've had a lot, I've had more people come against me, not inside the church, but outside the church, more people come against me in the last month than maybe ever. And I'm being called a uh, false prophet, a false, you know, whatever, a heretic, out of my mind, you know, non-scriptural, unbiblical, uh, you know, antichrist, all of these. Let me tell you something. Jesus is Lord. And so there, I'm not antichrist. That, that settles that. Um, so uh, anyways, there's just incredible things happening. And it's interesting, whenever God begins to move, the enemy will always come and try to counter it to get you to not believe what the Spirit of God is speaking in the hour. And, you know, Nehemiah had a commission from the Lord to go and and rebuild the walls in Jerusalem. And if you go and read the story, there was this man named Sanballat. And Sanballat, in about four or five different ways, came against Nehemiah. And one of the things, and Nehemiah spoke this, that one of the reasons why he was coming against Nehemiah was because he wanted to instill fear in his heart so that the people's hands would become weak and they wouldn't accomplish the work of the Lord. Understand this, that the enemy will come against you and come against what God's put in your heart to try to put fear in you, doubt, unbelief, to cause you to be weakened and not fulfill what God wants you to fulfill in your life. But that's not the caliber of people we are, amen? If 
I am wrong for believing for God's best, then count me wrong. If I'm a false prophet for proclaiming that God wants goodness in the land and he wants people blessed and he wants to reach the masses with, with the gospel of Jesus and call me whatever you want to call me, but I'm telling you, that's what the Bible reveals to me and that's what the spirit of God is revealing to me and I'm going to stay in tune with what God says and I love people, but I don't really give a rip what anybody else thinks. And this is a small community, and there's, there's people that are just opening their mouths up and saying ridiculous stuff. And you know what? We don't have to defend ourselves. You don't have to come to my defense. God is our defender. Our job is just to love people. It's no problem. It's just to lo- let love win out. And when you're confident about who you are and what God says, that's when you don't have to prove yourself. Just let God, let God be proven true, and everybody else be found a liar. Amen. <laughs> he just says, stay relaxed and just, man, whatever. Do what you want to do. Believe what you want to believe. There's always, there's always a counterfeit to every move of God. There's always people countering everything that God wants to do. And yesterday when I woke up and I had this stirring in me, and it was just like this stirring about, and, and I believe that, that revival's on the inside of us, if you will, because the, the fullness of Christ already lives on the inside of us. But there's a stirring that God's doing in the hearts of the people that's supernatural and within, within a timing of things that he wants to do. And I received uh, a word from, and I'm not going to say who, I don't want to go into the details right now for a couple of reasons, uh, but he's awesome. Um, but a, a prophet friend of mine texted me out of the blue and said, as a matter of fact, I want to read it. And if you watched our live stream yesterday, who, who didn't watch mine and Liz's live stream yesterday? Did anybody not watch it? So a handful of you haven't, but I'm just going to, I'm going to read this again real quickly anyways. Thank you, Jesus. If I can find it here real quick. And he, he sent this to me and he said, good morning, Kent. I woke up praying over you earlier. The spirit of the Lord is going to begin to strengthen, is, is going to begin strengthening your vision and equipping you at a higher level. Now, l- let me tell you this before I finish. I was sitting there and I had just woken, basically lo- woken Liz up in excitement of, man, God's been really stirring me. It wasn't five minutes later this text comes through and this person basically never texts me. And they said, the walls of a standard and teaching are rising up. There is a spirit of revival growing in your church. It's going to get really strong. Praying over your kids especially and all your hand, like what Liz was talking about, all your hand is touching right now. I bless you, my friend. Hallelujah. And the timing of it was just like, oh my gosh, this couldn't be anything except for the Lord. You know, it's not like I was, we were going back and forth and I was telling him what was on my heart and then he said it. He had no idea, had no communication with him. So powerful. And there is a stirring happening in so many of you in here. It's just written all over. If you're like, what is that bubbling on the inside? That's the spirit of God moving you. We, we are not meant to be an idle people. We're not meant to be pew warmers or, or chair warmers. or any, We're meant to be red hot on fire for Jesus 24-7 all of the time, ready to move and do the things that he's asking us to do. And, you know, there is, and you're like, well, what, what's it going to look like? Well, one of the things that is going, we're going to see in the days to come is we're going to see God move and do things that are beyond our current reckoning because they will be in ways and manners of which we have not seen before. I'm not talking about ways of man. I'm talking about God doing things. So what we have to do is open ourselves up 
in accordance with the word of God to what the spirit of God would do in this hour in our own personal life and watch how God releases a freshness and a newness and a uniqueness on us, even our particular church. Watch what God does. It's going to be incredible. And I'm just, I'm standing on tiptoe waiting and yearning to see what the Lord is going to do. And he doesn't have to jump any, through any hoops for me. He's, he's enough. He's done enough. He's done enough already. But the Lord is really interested. He's more interested in his church in this hour. He's more interested in you than you are in you. God is more interested in you and him having a relationship with you and him working through you than you are. He's passionate about you. He's passionate about your calling and your purpose, which is high and it's great. I want to do something here really quickly. Mackenzie, would you come up here really, really fast? Um, can you hand me the, the microphone, please? Someone give me the green microphone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Did you really think I asked you to read that passage yesterday? Just... I've never asked you that before. So um, hold that right there for a second. Okay. And uh, I was going to tell you this. Sip up right here, please. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Grab this thing with authority. You know, when you see hunger in people, uh, I just saw this hunger. Uh, these, are my, these are my notes. I'll let you see the first half of the notes, but the second half has something to do with somebody else. So, but the first half, here's my notes. Hunger, McKenzie. <laughs> That's what the Lord spoke to me today. Hunger, McKenzie. I said, well, praise God. And Liz is like, well, what's she going to share? And I said, well, I need to give her something. And so let's give her this verse because of this passage because it's really been on my heart. But I said, someone who's hungry can just open up their mouth and it will affect everybody in the room positively. You would literally say anything and you're going to set a fire inside of people because there's a hunger inside of you that I don't know that I've seen in anybody in a really long time. There's a few other ones in here. And the deal is, is that it only takes a little blaze to start a fire in a whole entire church. Hallelujah. And your, your hunger and your seeking the Lord is doing something not only in your home with your, with your husband and with your family, but also in this church. It positively affects everybody around you. And I want you to read that passage, and I just want you to say whatever the Lord puts on your heart. Because the anointing of God is on you, and that hunger is just going to come through. The one I sent you. You sent me the whole thing. You said read all 46. You want me to read the whole thing? Sure. Okay. <laughs> all right. God, you are such a safe and powerful powerful place to find ref refuge. <sighs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. <laughs> Your proven help in time of trouble, more than enough and always available whenever I need you. Yeah. <sighs> I knew you sent this. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Okay, I'm sorry. <sighs> all right. So we will never fear, even if every structure of support were to crumble away. We will not fear, even when the earth quakes and shakes, moving mountains and casting them into the sea. For the raging roar of stormy winds and crashing waves cannot erode our faith in you. God has a constantly flowing river. This passage is actually for a lot of you guys today. <laughs> yes. God has a constantly flowing river whose sparkling spring, hold on, I'm sorry. God has a constantly flowing river whose sparkling streams bring joy and delight to his people. His river 
flows right through the city of God Most High into his holy dwelling places. God is in the midst of his city, secure and never shaken. At daybreak, his help will be seen with the appearing of the dawn. When the nations are in an uproar with tottering, tottering kingdoms, God simply raises his voice and the earth begins to disintegrate before him. Here he comes, the commander, the mighty Lord of angel armies is, is on our side. The God of Jacob fights for us. That's right. Everyone look. Everyone look. Look up. <laughs> Come and see the breathtaking wonders of our God. For he brings both ruin and revival. He's the one who makes conflicts end throughout the earth, breaking and burning every weapon of war. Oh, it's another one right here. <laughs> Surrender your anxiety. Be silent and stop your striving. For you will see that I am God. I am the God above all nations, and I will be exalted throughout the whole earth. It's so good. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I'm a bit of a crier, so just give me a minute. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Here he stands, the commander. The mighty Lord of angel armies is on our side. The God of Jacob fights for us. And so when I said, it's in... Um, well, 46.4, when God has a constantly flowing river whose sparkling strings bring joy and delight to his people. It's constantly flowing. <laughs> we don't ever have to worry that we run dry. That's why he was in the secret place song that, I don't know which one it was, but it was just talking about an empty well. And we don't ever have to have an empty well. When Jesus is inside of you, it is just overflowing. And um, his river throat flows right through the city of God Most High into his holy dwelling places. And we are his holy dwelling places. Yeah. We are nothing else. You can't think of any other names that someone will call you because we are his holy dwelling places. <laughs> um, I have one more. Hold on. <laughs> um, I mean, surrender your anxiety. Be silent and stop your striving, and you will see that I am God. I am the God above all nations, and I will be exalted throughout the whole earth. And... Um, There is no, I mean, I, and I've been meditating on this verse. I couldn't even tell you the, ad the address of the verse, but um, let, let not your heart be troubled. So you believe in me and you believe in God. And that is such a, um, just a revelation of just, we know him. We know his nature that he is not going to let our nation crumble. <laughs> he brings revival. He brings everything. And like you said last night on the live that he is going to, he's ruining works man, work, the works of man right now. Yeah. Like he yeah. is just destroying it. Yes. And it's in a lot of other ways that I don't even see sometimes. Like Dane was listening to something the other day and I was like, what? I was like, God raised this person up to destroy a part of the, a part of the um, culture that really was not right for the people. And it was just really powerful. And um, I was like, God is so good that he's going to raise people up. He's raising our church up to yes. do that. That's right. Yeah. Amen. You got more? I don't know. I wish I could read that whole text I sent you because I was like, whoa. Go ahead. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, okay. Uh, I don't have any notes for today other than Mackenzie hungry. So <laughs> if you don't say anything, I don't know what we're going to do. 
okay, yeah, this is what I, yeah, this is what is so good. Okay, God is so faithful, and he is more than enough in all ways. And we have to keep that in our forefront when things on the outside are not looking right. We, right. we know he is faithful. He has proven it all over his word. And even when the comforts, the government falls, even when the natural disasters happen, we should not fear. He knows what is going on. He can ruin cities, but I meant to, like, he doesn't really, that's not his nature to ruin cities, but, <laughs> but um, he, he will revive cities. That's God's right. holy city, his holy place runs through us. We are his dwelling places of the Lord. He invigorates us with his Holy Spirit. Do not let your heart be troubled. God is our commander, and we can endure trials and tribulations with joy knowing God leads. So, yes. That's awesome. Yes, and I have to say, trials and tribulations choke the word. So, and it's not from God. Trials and tribulations do not come from the Lord. It will choke, it tries to choke the word. The enemy tries to choke the word from you. So you stand on God's word in every situation you go through. It's the word, it's the foundation, it's the rock that we stand on. Oh my gosh, it's just so powerful. It's so good. So good. That's awesome. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So good. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise are, are you done? If you have more, then you need to just go ahead and say it, because otherwise you might not say something that the people need to hear. Um, but if you're done, that's okay. Can I use this one? That's a sacred Bible. You can't touch that one. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just not the one I want to read in the Passion Translation. <laughs> I understand. Love it, but it's in Philippians. I'll even turn there for you. I'm in the assist mode today. I played bass for the first time in five, awesome. five years and I struggle with a five-string bass, but um, I'll just assist today is my, my point. So there's Philippians. So the Lord was talking to me this morning about people who, um, not people, but the enemy will try to come and offend us and it's through people we love even sometimes and it's not their fault at all, at all, because love will win. Love always wins. Right. And so in this, and then in um, Philippians 1, 9 through 11, and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in the knowledge and all discernment. So when we know his word, we can discern things of um, God's nature and, in, and, and the goodness in people of compassion, that's what I was praying for today, was just so much compassion. And I, I felt when Paul played the drums, oh, my gosh, that beat was like, whoo, I felt the heart of the Lord just pounding on my heart. I was like, thank you, Jesus, <laughs> that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and with, without offense until the day of Christ. And so... Um, That we just don't let the little things get to us. That we do not, because when the, when the Lord comes, we all go to heaven together. <laughs> we all go together, and we're all going to see each other. And I was like, Lord, I was like, the people who I've been angry at, the people who I've been, who I thought were angry at me, Lord, I cannot wait to see them in heaven and hug them because I know you're searching them out every single day until, until the very end. They will just, oh, I was so excited. <laughs> Be filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And I just, I don't know, sometimes you just can't say anything. You just have to read the word. <laughs> Amen. It's so good. Amen. That's awesome. Wow. Praise God.
Yes. Hallelujah. It seems pretty warm. Let's do that. It's the anointing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If you're done, then you're done. Yes. But if you're not. Hallelujah. Hey, hey, hey. So when you walked up there, I heard the word river. You spoke about the river of life. And the Lord said this. He's heard your cry. He said, I've seen you ask for the river to flow out of you like it does Liz. You've asked for that anointing. And God said, it's yours. He said, it's yours. And he said, you will, you will affect people's lives in a great measure. And you'll do it with the passion and, and authority that he's placed within you. Amen. Amen. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you. Just let it all out. It's fine. Uh, also, also hungry, but hang on, you can't read my notes. Not that you could read my handwriting, anyways. But our notes, our handwriting. Yeah, you could probably read mine. So they're both awful. We write in tongues. Uh, <laughs> you have to have interpret. Have to have an interpreter to understand it. Uh, you sent me, man. I will tell you what, this is awesome. You sent me that Marco Polo yesterday, and uh, this is my sister, by the way. So, uh, and you sent me that Marco Polo yesterday, and just the anointing of God was all over you and bringing revelation about things that need to be brought forth. So this morning, so yesterday, the Lord said she needs to share so this morning I said, hold this for a second because I need to use my other hand. The Lord, I said, Lord, what do you want me or what does she need to share in particular? Because in your, your dream you had and the revelation that God was giving you about it, one of the things that stuck out to me, I went back and listened to it this morning. I said, Lord, what is it that she needs to share? And you'll probably have more than this, but this is one thing that the Lord showed me. He said it's about how the enemy has hijacked the church. And so I wrote down the enemy has been hijacking the church, uh, that he has become undistinguishable was what the Lord showed you, and I wrote that down. Ten minutes later, you send me a text message, and it says, hijack, definition, unlawfully seize an aircraft ship or vehicle in transit and force it to go, to a different destination or use for one's own purposes. And the enemy has hijacked the church. And the Lord showed you that. And you sent that to me yesterday. And I wrote it down. And then five, ten minutes later, you messaged me what the definition of hijack was. So it sounds like you need to tell the people about what the Lord is revealing concerning how the enemy has hijacked the church, but also what the Lord wants it to look like and his plans for it and anything else that comes to your mind and comes to your heart. So much. So I guess a, a little bit of recap as I 
at the beginning of January, I had a dream, and in that dream, the Lord began to tell me, um, it took place at my childhood home, and so the Lord began to tell me that there was things he was going to burn off, and that he was going to uproot, that I didn't even know what they were, and then somebody came and gave me a word from Jeremiah 33.3, and it says, call to me, and I'll answer you, and I'll show you great and mighty things which you do not know. So I've said to the Lord, show me the things that I do not know. Whatever they are, begin to show me the things that I do not know. Because we have, we have to move forward. I need to see deeper. I need more revelation about what you're doing right now. And so I've had some dreams that keep taking me back to my childhood home. And so in that time in my life, and so I had a dream yesterday morning um, and it was so the longest and most detailed dream that I think I've ever had. And it was like a movie playing out before me. And it was so real and vivid that I knew every, every detail. I mean, I could picture like people's faces and what was going on and how they were feeling about it, just like we would all feel like in a room together like this. It was, it was that real. And so the Lord began to show me um, I was in a church and it was a church that I went to as a child, and it wasn't a church that my parents took me to. So my parents loved the Lord, spirit-filled, believing people. And so they took us to church, but we went to a private school. And the private school was extremely legalistic, extremely. Like, women couldn't cut their hair. <laughs> um, they had to wear dresses. They Actually, if they're married, they had to be in buns. Like, it goes on and on and on where you never knew where the line was of the law. <laughs> but you were always never going to be good enough. <laughs> and so while I was hearing, like, one thing in my parents' home, I was going to that place, and I was hearing something different. And in the dream, I was back into that church. But the very interesting part was it wasn't that pastor teaching anymore with that law. It was a priest. And I, this is going to be bold. This is going to put some stuff out there for you guys. But there was a priest actually teaching there. And he just wanted to hear and talk to the people about the popes they knew and the things they knew. And then there was another part of like sacrifices that were going on that were not unto the Lord. And then there was another part of the dream where I ended up outside and there was like military involvement and there was Taliban related kind of things. It was like an Islamic thing that was going on. And so then I ended up back into the church again and there was a whole nother movement that was going on. And there was a movement that it was, there was some things that were going on that were things that we would recognize where people were slain in the spirit, but there were people putting up machines and the machines that people were putting up were to have a man-made creation for a higher move of God. And so everything that just kept unfolding and I'm like, Lord, what is going on in this? And this is where the Lord began to minister to me. And he said, the church, it's been hijacked by people. This is not me, and this is not my heart. And there is a day upon us right now where the goodness of God, it's the goodness of God. Liz actually referenced even, it's out of Romans 2, and it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. And I've been in that place, and God has said they have missed it. 
The people have missed it so much and for so many years that they don't recognize the truth about me anymore. And the thing that has to be said in the highest place is my goodness towards the people. It's the thing that has to be put out to the people. Like all I just keep hearing from the Lord is my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. And it's actually that simple. And that we have overcomplicated it. And the very things that we want to see happen and we will see happen and revival that is stirring on the inside of us is birds from a place of his goodness. He's like crying out to his people saying, just talk about my goodness. Talk about my love towards the people. Not that, again, I just, I go back into all the things that were like going on inside of the dream. And it was like people directing and leading and they were interchanging and it was showing all these different things that are not the heart of God. And I just have, I just have wept. I have wept in this place with the Lord and said, only will I say your goodness. I won't minister anything else. It'll be that thing, Father. That's the gospel. That's the heart of Jesus. That is the gospel, that we are ministering out the goodness of God. And actually, when you go back and read, I believe it's like in Romans 2, the word was even taking me deeper. And it says in there, in 2.4, at the beginning of it, it says um, something about, like, do we despise his goodness and his long suffering and his patience? And then it goes on to the goodness of God will lead men to repentance And I literally had to say to the Lord, I need a deeper revelation of your goodness. I need it. I need a deeper revelation of your goodness. And I'm going to have it. I'm going to have it. Because in a place of a deeper revelation of his goodness is where we literally are just going to see the lame walk. We're going to see the blind eyes open. We're going to see the sick be healed. We're going to see the captive set free. God is like, this is manifestation of my goodness. Jesus fully understood it, and he fully knew it, and he knew it so well that it was a part of who he was. It was his live, move, and have his being. They all went together. Everything went together. And God's like, just go back to this place, and let me give you a fresh revelation of my goodness. Because there's things out of order that have been out of order in the church. Yeah. And this is where there's an apostle, and we have an apostle, and it's not just because he's my brother, but I'm going to tell you right now, like, it has been setting order into my life. It's been setting order into your lives. And because it's set order into my lives, it has set order into other people's lives. And it's going to go on and on and on. And the word talks about in Corinthians and Paul's talking about, like, as my, my, I go to my place of influence and my sphere, my sphere of influence. And as your faith, your faith increases, then my place where I go begins to increase. And that is what's going on in this place. That is the Lord's heart for the church. As he says, come on, people get before me. Let's have a fresh revelation of his goodness. So much so that we can't help but to manifest in front of us. Everywhere we go and everything that we touch, the goodness of God rolls out onto it. Yeah. And people see it. And it's that very thing that draws people onto him. That's right. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Are you sure you're done? didn't cry. The crying all came out before. Thank you, Jesus. That's good. 
it's, man, it's good. I just, you know what, guys, I'm just hungry. I'm just hungry. Let me just encourage you that when I, when I had this dream at the beginning of January and the Lord was like showing me things from my childhood that I didn't know that he was going to burn off and, and uproot, the reason he was showing me that was because he said, you're going to operate differently yeah. once this happens. Yeah, that's right. So I'm going to say to you, if you've gone from here to here, hallelujah, say yes again. Say yes again. And when you go from here to here, say yes again. And from here to here, say yes again. The movement forward is never supposed to stop. Right. The That's growth right. in us is never supposed to stop. The goodness of God that he wants to reveal unto us and through us to men, it's never supposed to stop until the day that he returns. Yes. We are supposed to, to sit and soak into his presence, let him pour everything that we need into us and us to him. Oh, man. Oh, man. Are you ministering to the Lord? Can I just say that to you? Like the Lord has said to me, like I can do this, guys, for hours and hours and hours I can public speak, right? But the God said to me, I'm going mm, I'm to I'm close your mouth. You minister to me. You minister to me. When you minister to me, I will put so much in you that what comes out will minister what I want to be ministered to the hearts of the people. It will. So care most about your first love. Yes. And go yes. and sit with him. Because yes. he has great things. He has great things to tell you yes. about his love towards you and his goodness towards you. That you can't help when you go sit in that place with him to walk out and literally like, look at people and be like, man, the Lord loves you. Man, he's good. Man, he's good. I had an opportunity this last week at the hospital. There was a group of people that were around, and, and, and some of them said, um, uh, we shouldn't be judging people for, like, these bad things they've done. And they were right. They, they were right. And the Lord began to tell me, he said, I have words for you to tell them to back up how they're right. So let my word come forward. And I said, you're right. The goodness of God is what leads men to repentance. Yeah. And literally a girl sat back in her chair and it was like I smacked her in the face with it. And she said, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like, oh my gosh. Like she had never heard it before. Like, oh my gosh, it all makes, that all makes sense now. This is why I feel that way. There were some things that she knew about the Lord and she was looking at like external things and she's like, let's not, let's not judge. And actually that's what Romans 2 is talking about at the beginning. It was talking about us being uh, judgmental and judging, you know? And so God was even like, don't despise my goodness. And then he goes into like, I will lead. My goodness will lead people into repentance. So you just trust my goodness. You love my goodness you don't even look at people. Like, this is what he's saying to me, Katie. When you're looking at people, let's get an even fresher set of eyes. That you look at people with such a love, with such a compassion, with such a heart for them, like my own children. That's the thing that the Lord is putting in me, like my own children. My mom was such a beautiful woman that just loved the Lord so much. And when she died... I wasn't going to share this with you, but I am. We sang that song, he put a ring up on my finger and a robe up on my back. When she died, um, Kent told me I was going to bury her in this ring that says mom. 
And Kent told me, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm going to bury her in it. Like, she's going to, this is going to be there in the ground, you know, with that body. And he's like, no, you need to keep that. And so she's been gone over four years. And last summer, the Lord said, I want you to get your mom's ring out, and I want you to put it on. And I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm serious. I'm serious. I was like, that is, I am not doing that. Because my mom, she's, and I am, I mean, I'm serious with you. So the Lord put that ring on my finger. He said, you have to do it. I haven't, I haven't stopped wearing it since then. And he said, you have to put that ring on my finger. You have to put that ring on your finger. And then within a month or so, he began to real, reveal to me why. He was like, you, you put your mom in such an amazing place with the woman that she was. And you're in this place of even comparison towards her. He's like, that is nothing, nothing compared to what I see in you and your worth. Nothing. (laughs) Like, it's so radical for me. He said, he put the ring up on my finger in a literal way. He said, I'm telling you right now, daughter. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, son, you are who I say you are. And don't you forget it. Don't you forget it. We have such worth to the Lord. He has so much love for us and for all of his people. So I'm just asking the Lord, like, do it again. And when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to say, do it again. And the next day, I'm going to say, do it again. Let me walk through any door with such a love and compassion towards people that only your goodness will manifest in that place. that's right. That only your goodness. So not about their works, not about what they can do. Guys, I spent a lot of time at the altar as a kid in that church, begging God, begging him to remove what Jesus had already done on the cross, to remove sin and guilt and condemnation out of my life. Jesus did it. He did it. It's done. He paid for it. It's a free gift. Sit back, receive it, and bask in it. He's good. That's his goodness, where he says, just come to me, sit at my feet, let me minister to you, you minister to me, (laughs) because I'm going to equip you in such a way that you can go out and you can share my goodness with people. And it's going to be the thing that triumphs. Like, it's going to be the thing, the goodness of God is going to be the thing that becomes louder and louder and louder and louder and louder. It is, because it's going to be his way. And we're going to be a part of it being his way. Yes. That we will proclaim the goodness of God. That's right. So, amen. Amen. Yes. Uh, I want want you to, to pray for the people. Would you just stand to your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I want you to, to pray for them concerning hunger and also a, a deeper revelation of the love of God in them and through them. Uh, I was out on a, a, the TG trail about, I don't know, five or six months ago maybe, and I was listening to a teaching, and the guy that was, was I was listening to, he said, the opposite of love is not hate, it's complacency. And he said, whenever we get complacent towards people, 
then that's really the opposite of love because love does whatever is necessary to reach them. And when it comes to the love of God going through us, it first has to be in us. We first have to have an understanding of it, a working revelation, an experiential revelation of it, not just head knowledge, but we experience it. And I want you to, to pray that over them. And I also had this conversation, and I'm just sharing this as a little foundation for what you're going to share, but uh, what you're going to pray. But I was talking to this young man of God recently, and I asked him a question, and I was hoping he would ask me, and he did ask me the question back. I said to him, I said, what is ministry? And he gave me a lot of great answers that are all correct. And he said, what do you think ministry is? And I said, ministry is the the outgo of the overflow of what our time with the Lord is, of our time with the Lord. That's what ministry is. It's not about standing in a pulpit. It's not about singing a song. It's not about any of that, but it's our time with the Lord in his revelation, the revelation of his goodness and who he is as nature that comes out, that goes out onto other people. And I want you to just pray and and pray whatever and all of that that you want to pray and just bless them. And I believe a divine impartation is going to happen right now because hunger and love uh, for people, hunger for the Lord and love for people, it needs to increase in all of us. Amen. And I'll receive it. So would you just lift your hands to the Lord? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father God. And I, you know what I'm going to tell you right now that for some of you, however you need to posture yourself right now, you need to do it. Thank you, Lord. If you can kneel, and that's in your heart, you need to do it. Yes, like God. there's just some things about like whoever's around me or what's going on, like press in right now for what the Lord is gonna minister to you. Yes, so kneel if you need to kneel. If your hands aren't up, get your hands up. You, this Jesus. is the beginning of what hunger actually looks like. Yes. This is what hunger yes. looks like to actually put your hands out before the Lord. Actually put your hands out before the Lord yes, God. and say, fill it, Father. Yes, Lord. Just fill it. Fill it, fill it, and fill yes, it, God. and fill it, and fill it. It's overflowing and overflowing, just like the river that Mackenzie shared, Father, that it's just overflowing and overflowing, Father. Thank you, Lord, that these people's hearts are postured before you, yes, that God. their hands and their physical bodies come and line up right now with what the Lord is telling you to do, yes, to Lord. get in position for hunger, for hunger, yes. the Lord says, get your body into alignment right now so that you are positioned for hunger. Stop feeding yourself on the things of the world that's going on all over the place. He says, feed on me. Yes. Position yes. yourself for hunger. Will you people come and open up your hands? Stop letting everything else pour in. Open up your hands. I got it. I got everything that you need. Get in my word. Get in my word. God, I just thank you right now for a hunger over the people for your word like has never been there. Yes. I thank you, Father, for those that are saying that is for me. I have been saying that to the Lord and I mean it. I'm going to stand my ground and I'm going to get into the word of God and it is going to come so alive to me. Yes. So alive, God. I thank you for that. I thank you for the revelation coming from your word for the people. I thank you, God, that they have open hearts and open hands before you all of the time, all of the time, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that this is a group of people that are saying, I don't want just moments with you, Lord. I want all of it. Yes. I yes, want God. all of it. Yes. I want you to be the very thing that I recognize 
all day long and all night long, that the incense arises day and night and night and day and day and night and night and day, Father, that I am so full up, Father God. I thank you, Lord, for people that are so full up of you and your presence and your love and your word that everywhere they go, that the incense that comes out of them is a sweet, sweet aroma to you, God to you, and it is a sweet, sweet aroma to the people that they are around. I thank you for that, Father God, that they're choosing right now to say, just fill me up, Father. Just fill me up. God, I pray for a fresh revelation of your love right now. There is more. There is more to your love, and there is more to your goodness than what we currently know. Yes, God. And I thank you, Father God, that we are going deeper, that as a church, we have been saying yes and yes, and here we are again saying yes again. Yes. So I thank yes, you, God. Father God, right now that this is blessing your heart, <laughs> that you hear this, Lord, and that you are saying, I'm ready, kids, to come and meet with you. Come and get with me. I'm going to fill you up so much of so much love and revelation yes. that it's going to knock you down yes. in a good way. Yes. In such a good way. In such a good way, Father, that we have such a weight of your presence and your glory upon our lives, Father God. That's what we hunger for. Yes, God. That's what we hunger for, to be in this sweetness with you and in that sweet place with you, God, when we walk not even out of it, but when we stand up and walk around in it, thank you, Jesus. That it's what just casts off of us. Like I just feel like the Lord's even saying that. Like it isn't even about just coming and getting into his presence so that you get what you need and then you can come out of there and go about doing what you're doing. But it's about coming and getting in his presence and never leaving it. And never leaving it. Never leaving it. Where you're saying to him all day long, let the incense arise from me. All day long, let the aroma be sweet to the people that are around me. God, I thank you for what you're doing to the people. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God, that we are going to move forward with proclaiming your goodness where the enemy has tried to come in and not try, where he has hijacked some things, where he has caused people to drive cars that they stole. I thank you, God, that you are positioning your people into the driver's seat, that your people are hopping into their cars. Yes. Hopping into your cars, see yourselves even doing that. Say, I am so equipped and so full of what the Lord has done to me. I have been so hungry and he has poured so much upon me that I'm going to go hop into my vehicle and I'm going to drive it not like it was stolen. I am driving it like it was given. Yes. Yes. I know who is the giver of all good things. Yes, Lord. Thank you. I know. Thank you, God. So God, I just thank you that we are a people, that these are a people hungry before you, moving deeper into the revelation of your love and your goodness. And they are going to drive forward into the things that you have revealed to them. Yes, God. And it's going to make straight a path yes, God. for many other vehicles to come and begin to drive. Yes, <laughs> They're like plowing yes, away. I just see it like plowing away even for other people to come and say, I can too. I'm going to too. I see the goodness of God in you. I see what the Lord has done in you. I see how you have overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. 
and I've seen you proclaim it. And so I'm going to trust in this God that you trust in. I thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your hunger that is running so deep inside of us. God, we partake. And somebody actually, Joanne actually shared this with me a while back, and the Lord ministered so deeply to me about this, that when we come up to the table, because it's there before us to eat. And when we come up to the table and you sit and you say, Father, I'm ready to partake, sometimes we're picky eaters. So I thank you, Father God, right now that we will not be picky eaters. Yes. But we will partake of everything that you lay before us. We will partake of the things that might be uncomfortable and difficult, but the things that will refine us. Yes. We will partake of the things that will cause us to operate differently. Yes. <laughs> we will partake of the things that are going to make us go out into everywhere we go and see the manifested glory and presence yes. of God upon yes. our lives. We will partake to that point, God, where we just are like overflowing with everything that's going on. So I say to you, church, as you physically pull a chair up into the word of God, into the secret quiet place with him, he's there to meet with you. Partake of all of it. Partake of all that he puts before you. Don't be a picky eater. Because if you partake of everything, even the things that might feel uncomfortable, he's going to make you operate differently. Yes, that's right. And it's going to bring us all the step closer into the loudness of the goodness of God. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, thank you. Awesome. So I need your attention for a few more minutes. And I was, this about three months ago, I'll say between three and four months ago, I, I sat down to write. And I wasn't writing from, a little bit, from the wisdom God has given me, but I was writing from the Spirit of God. And I, and I began to write prophecy, which I've, I've never done before, never thought about doing. But as I was... Uh, not pinning, but typing. Uh, the word of the Lord just came on me, and I wrote it down. And I didn't. I shared a little bit, bits and pieces here and there with people, but um, I really didn't share all of it. And then this past week, the Lord said, "I want you to release this to the church." And so this is a word from the Lord, and I've never had anything like this before. And the fact that He told me that, and then Katie was talking to me about how. The church has been hijacked and it's been undistinguishable because see, that's the way that people fall into deception as if, and that's the nature of deception is if people knew that it was deception, they wouldn't fall into it. They wouldn't be deceived. The devil doesn't come with a, with a cape and red horns and a pitchfork. He comes disguised as an angel of light. And much of what we have thought to be right has been wrong. And God is setting things in order. He has a standard in his word. He has a standard and an order in his kingdom that he says, I will make right and my church will be everything that she's supposed to be. And I'm just going to tell you, I want you to just listen. It's not short. It's long. I didn't come up with it. The Holy Ghost did. If you don't like how long it is, you can take it up with him. But he told me to share it. And right before the service, 
I had someone come up to me and they said, I'm so excited because the new era has, is beginning. And the title of this prophecy is Awakened Church to a New Era, a prophetic picture of his end time church. So I'm going to read it and I, I will not preach. I will just read because I could preach for 100 hours just on this because it's so alive in me. Thank you, Jesus. So I just ask that you have ears to hear and hear the word of the Lord today. We live in a society that is inundated with self-indulgent pleasures of human flesh. And let me say this, I'll make copies and I'll have, these, I'll have this available to everybody just out there next week or whatever. So don't worry about pinning anything down, just listen. We live in a society that is inundated with self-indulgent pleasures of human flesh, often with little or no regard to God's very unfleshly kingdom. Unfortunately, many people are only out for themselves, including many Christians, even some ministers. But I believe with all my heart that this is changing. We're coming into a new day in the church. We are on the, preci we are on the precipice of the greatest awakening the world has ever witnessed. The glory of God will be revealed in ways beyond man's current ability to measure. This means we will witness manifested glory beyond what has previously been witnessed by any human at any point in time. Before this happens, the Lord is purging his church of Ishmael, man's ability, man's church, so that we may fully step in to be people that are of Isaac, of promise, of God's ability, God's church. What the Lord wants to do in the earth will not be possible through the ways and ability of man. It will only come according to his spirit. The time is quickly coming and we will no longer be able to, to afford to have natural self-indulgent leaders lead his church. His glorious church will rise and be all that she is called to be by his spirit. This will happen only, only through men whose identity is completely found in him. The days of self-seeking self Christians being the primary influence in his church is coming to an end. The Holy Spirit has been helping his church sequence back to its original form for decades. With every move of God, every revival, wave of teaching and awakening, his glorious church is moving closer to what his original design was and still is. A church marked by the glory of God and not by the glory of man. I liken this new era to also have a new breed of people. This new breed of people does not come from a line of men who have relied on the gadgets of human ability, but rather on the wisdom of the Spirit. Get ready, this will undoubtedly bring needed change in how we gather and how we worship in the name of the Lord. This will shake many church governments that need to be shaken, and it will topple other church governments that need to be toppled. Jesus will have his church on his shoulders, not man's. New ways equal new wineskin. Now is the time for us to ask, are we ready for his new? Are we open for his new? The spirit of the Lord cannot move through a people who are stiff-necked and unwilling to change and move with him. Even though we are going to see the Lord manifest in greater measure than we have in generations past, it, is, it still requires many of the same ingredients, humility, hunger, prayer, faith, and I believe most importantly, a complete abandonment from self unto God. To clarify, it's not necessarily a new breed, but rather a resurrection of the caliber of disciples who lived with complete abandonment unto him, just like the early day disciples. This caliber of disciple is completely sold out to him with, no, with little or no regard to self. The humdum modern, 
humdrum modern day Christianity most of us are accustomed to will soon become an ideal of the past. We will no longer be able to afford to be idle. No more will Sunday Christianity be sufficient to handle the kingdom mandate God has for the church. It will require us to be red hot on fire for Jesus 24-7. This kind of devotion will be necessary for the building of his end time church. In like manner, the early church mentioned in Acts 4.32, where it's the story of Ananias and Sapphira, and how they had all things in common. His end-time church will have the same attitude towards the gospel and towards the other saints. We will have all things in common, and everything we possess will be available for his kingdom purposes. Wow. Don't preach, Kent. Just keep reading. I'm not saying we won't own individual homes and cars and businesses, but the cancer of individualism will be cut away and his pure fiery ones will be branded and positioned for his purposes. The original church had no room for self-seeking Christians like Ananias and Sapphira. And there was, those were the ones that held back and they lied to the Holy Spirit and lied to the other believers and then they dropped over dead. Neither will his end time church have, have room for those kind of people. I certainly am not looking for people to drop over dead, but I am looking for God to bring to the forefront those who have answered the call unto complete selflessness. If Jesus said that he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it, and he has called us to partner with him in building, then great change is on the horizon. I mean this with all the kindness in my heart, but most Christians live so far below the level of Jesus and God's original 12 disciples that the idea of doing the works of Jesus are not even in their thoughts or their minds, let alone the greater works that Jesus promised we would do. Furthermore, most of the ones who call themselves followers of Christ don't attend church regularly. They don't read their Bibles. They don't tithe. They don't even pray. I'm not saying God doesn't love you if you don't do these things, but I am saying that our love for God must increase if we are going to manifest him in the coming days as he has so desires, desired. With all this said, what I see on the horizon is awesome. I see people living totally sold out to Jesus, where literally everything in their lives belongs to him. These people are ones who do not have anything that is hidden or untouchable by the Lord. This might be more of a Gideon's army, but the Lord will have his church. And he will have his church be all that he has designed her to be in this life, not just in the one hereafter. I see it now. I see his people walk in miracles like they breathe air. They will walk into restaurants and down the street and into stores overflowing with the life of God, just like the people who laid their sick ones on the street, hoping that Peter's shadow would fall on them. So it will be for this breed of sold out ones. All of this will not happen so we can sit back and say, wow, that was awesome. But rather so entire nations will be transformed by the power of the gospel. Being confirmed through signs, wonders, and miracles. The church has sat back and awed over signs and wonders and miracles for far too long. It's time to rise up and start to operate in signs and wonders and miracles. Most Christians are too scared to pray for the sick or cast out demons. Most are even too scared to tell people the simple plan of salvation. Furthermore, most don't even believe in believing God for the supernatural. They have been carried away with various doctrines of demons, according to 1 Timothy chapter 4. They have put away the simplicity of preaching the gospel with signs to confirm the word. 
The vast majority of God's precious church has been lulled to sleep by fancy well-timed sermons, song service, and potluck dinners, all without any power. Paul expressly warned Timothy to stay away from people who held to a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. Strong language, I know, but it's time for his church to be shaken to the core, placed in the fire, and stripped of our dependence on things that are not needed to sustain his life in us. The props that we have used to perform his tabernacle duties are being removed in order to have his pure worshipers worship him as he designed. This in turn will cause the world to have the greatest spiritual awakening in history and his pure fiery established in his identity church will be ready to disciple entire nations. No more pocket revivals alone. The whole world will have an opportunity to know him because of the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. Beyond that, we won't just have revival services, but rather a revival lifestyle. This in turn will cause the church to properly steward the nations unto him through discipleship instead of losing the progress of revival back to the world. Jesus. It's time and the hour is at hand. The Lord is sifting his church. There are many who have called on the name of the Lord for salvation, but have never made him his word and his spirit supreme in their life. He's looking for those who will lay down all of their ideals about church and Christianity and simply become a book of Acts people once again. Also known as ones who live with complete abandon with Jesus as their commander in chief. Now is the time for this new era, this new breed. This doesn't mean we don't currently have revelation or that everything we have known is wrong. It simply means that the way we have been doing things at best is incomplete. There's much we are still needing to manifest. It's time for us to return to Jesus, the supreme master of our lives. When Jesus becomes our supreme Lord, we will do everything he asks. When his word becomes supreme authority, we will believe everything he says. And when his spirit becomes our supreme God, we will accomplish everything he has destined us to accomplish. I hear the voice of God calling out for those who will capture his heart, who will say yes to him in order to repair the broken walls and repair the desolation of his church. I hear the Lord saying, have I not redeemed your life from destruction and set you at the highest level in my kingdom with me? You are now seated with me in heavenly places, but it is not without promise. You have every spiritual blessing in heavenly places and it is for great purpose i have given you everything will you not with my blessing also capture and carry my heart for the nations will you not capture and carry my heart for my people will you not capture and carry my heart for my church the lord is asking his people to take hold of his heart and run with what is important to him. And the first step is recognizing the need to lay down self. Our life no longer belongs to us, but rather to him. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith, by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I know that was some heavy revy. God, I don't claim to be a prophet, but I know the word of the Lord. I'm not a prophet. But I have the ability to prophesy 
And Father, I thank you that you are awakening your church. You're awakening your church. You're awakening your church. The sleeping giant is going to awaken. It is awakening. The Lord spoke this to me while Katie was ministering. And he said, just because it's normal doesn't mean it's right. Just because it's normal doesn't mean it's right. Just because it's normal doesn't mean that it's right. God wants to do something different. Not different than what's in his word, just different than what we've been used to doing. The enemy has hijacked the church. And in many cases, he's been undistinguishable. People say this is the spirit of the Lord when it's nothing but the spirit of antichrist working through unlearned men who don't know the word and don't know the spirit of God. We haven't come here for a move of a prophet or a move of an apostle or for a move of this or a move of that. We've come here for a move of the spirit. It's the spirit of God working through the hearts of people that brings real lasting change, revival, awakening, and reformation. And I'm calling you right now, church. I'm calling you to rise up. Take your place. 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 In the secret place. Take your place. In the secret place. Take your place. Your place is in the secret place. Take it. Take it. Take it. Stop walking by your Bible every morning. Pick it up. Sit down. Say, God, speak to me. I need to hear your voice. I need to know you. You're my king. You're my Lord. You're supreme in my life. Not the television, not the phone, not any other thing that's going on. You are supreme in my life, Jesus. So God, we press into you. We press into you. The Lord's sifting his church. Will you be sifted out of what he's doing or will you find yourself smack dab in the middle of one on your face saying, God, whatever it takes, I'm yours. I'm yours. I won't hold anything back, God. I'm yours. I'm yours, Jesus. I'm yours, Jesus. The time has come and the day is here. We cannot afford to sit back and do things as we've been doing. I'm telling you, we cannot afford to. I believe that, that great change is going to come in our governmental system in America. I believe that. I believe God's going to do great things. But no matter what happens, we have to have the capacity to stand with anything that comes against us. And we can only do that by his spirit. We don't have the strength to stand. And we can only have a spirit working in us to the level that we have surrendered ourselves to it. Let me say that again. We can only have the spirit of God working in us to the level we have surrendered to it. So Father, we come to you in full surrender. We don't want to fall into a mold anymore. We are mold breakers. We are nation shakers. 
God, we are shaking up things in our home and in our own personal life. Because when all of the dust settles, your word says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And God, we choose now to serve you now with every ounce of cell in our beings, with all of the vigor that we could possibly muster up. With everything in our body, everything in our mind, everything in our home, God, all of it belongs to you. And God, I thank you that as we go into the fire that we are being branded, this one is mine. He belongs to me. She belongs to me. And God, the branding says GI, which means that we're God-issued. We don't belong to ourselves. People can't offend us. They can't hurt us. They can't destroy us. They can say what they will. They can do what they will. But we belong to you, God. We belong to you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. These are the things that when I get done, very few will say, that was so awesome, I need to hear it. Because it cuts to the heart. But we need to be cut to the heart. Because the heart is what we live out of. And God says, I'm looking for the ones who will just literally lay it all down. Can he have your yes? Can he have your yes? Does he have your yes? Yes, God. Yes, I'll quit doing this. Yes, I'll pray. Yes, I'll fast. Yes, I'll spend time in the word. Yes, I'll talk to this person. Yes, I'll do the things you've been asking me to do, but I've been afraid or I haven't been trusting. Yes, God. Yes. The hour's short and the time is at hand when we have to say, yes, God, you have my yes. If God has your yes, I want you to stand at your feet. I want you to just say, yes, God, you have my yes. You have my yes, God. Come on, just say it out loud. You have my yes, God. You have my yes, God. I surrender to your lordship, not to a pastor, not to a five-fold leader, but to your lordship. You are Lord. You reign supreme in my life. And God, just because it's normal to me doesn't mean that it's right. And Father, I'm asking you, in Jesus' name, and I'm asking on behalf of the saints and on behalf of me that you would continue to shift and to shake off what doesn't belong there. And God, not to bring destruction because you're not in the business, like McKenzie said, of ruining people. You're in the business of ruining the bad stuff to bring revival to our hearts, into our lives, into our homes, into our marriages, into our jobs. And God, to this church, I thank you that this church is a church that's awakened. We have our eyes opened up to the reality of the goodness of God, of who you are, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the most important thing on the face of the earth. And that God, regardless of what some voices would say, you love every single person in the whole world. And you want every single person to know you and have a relationship with you and go to heaven. But God, you place the responsibility on us and we say, yes, God, we'll do it. Yes, we'll do it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And God, even though... I'm intense because that's how I feel in my heart. Because when the commander-in-chief says something, I say, yes, sir. 
I'm yours to command. But I also thank you that there's a constant river of joy that's flowing. We can laugh. We can enjoy our life in you. God, just like when they burned them at the stake, they were singing and rejoicing and praising you because their joy didn't come from their circumstances. It came from being tied and connected with you, Jesus. A real vibrant relationship with you, Jesus. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. I feel like, and we are so out of time, but listen, as the spirit of revival, which is the spirit of the Holy Spirit, increases, the the clock will just become a problem, and then it will just become not even a, a factor anymore. And when God stops, we'll stop. As for now, someone has to go get your kids. But I want to do something. Because I feel like there might be someone here that you're like, I've never really truly like surrendered everything. And maybe you just did. But I want it to be sealed in your heart. And I want everybody just to pray this with me. Jesus, you are Lord, not me. And I'm surrendering myself. Not so that everything will be perfect. But because I must have you. I cannot save myself. Only you can save me. Only the gospel can save me. So I call out to you, God. And your son, Jesus. He is more than enough. And I receive that payment. That he made for me on the cross and I thank you God that through the cross the price was paid salvation was given and I receive it right now in the name of Jesus and I devote my entire life to you not just my heart but my entire life belongs to you thank you for loving me and filling me with your Holy Spirit and teaching me your ways, God. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. In your blessed son's name, the most and greatest, highest name, the name of Jesus. Amen. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we're making a difference, visit ociperryville.com.